Hello, everyone. This is Deb McBride, and welcome to my astrology podcast. It is Saturday, the 28th of July of 2018, and I'm broadcasting from beautiful Costa Rica, from Escazú. And we have just had a lunar eclipse yesterday afternoon. So in the Eastern time zone, the eclipse occurred at 4.20 p.m. Where I am, it occurred at 2.20 p.m. And this was a powerful eclipse. Out of all the eclipses, this was the most powerful. We had a variety of things going on that triggered the eclipse. First of all, the sun and the moon are in opposition during this eclipse because it was lunar, as I explained in my last podcast. And lunar eclipses usually occur with one of the lights, the sun or the moon, being close to the south node. In this case, it was a lunar eclipse at the south node with the, with the moon at the south node in Aquarius. It wasn't just the south node and the moon, but Mars was there too. So there was a vitamin shot attached to this eclipse. Now, you may have felt some agitation during the week. Most of us did because Mars was not just only on the south node with the moon, but it was squaring Uranus. So it's a wide, it's a, it's a bit of a wide square. It's not an exact square, but it was enough to trigger the eclipse in many ways. So a lot of people I talked to had a frazzling week. It was a busy week. It was a bit of a crazy week for people. Uh, they had a lot of things going on. And this is what often happens during eclipses. We're overwhelmed by the energy. And the energy can be particularly potent when the moon and the sun are very close to the nodes as they were this time. So the hard part about this was just sort of getting through it and not allowing yourself to get sucked in to the old energy. Because what happens is we have this lunar eclipse with the moon in the south node, which is where our old habits are and where we need to sort of work through our old habits and not feel like we are... Um, you know, being, being repeated patterns or being repeated loops. There's often an ending some way in, with all of this. Uh, there are often times that there is something we have to let go of or release during the time of the eclipse. And for many of us, we found like there's an end of a chapter somehow and the beginning of a new one. And the beginning of the new chapter starts where Leo and the sun are, because that's where our treasure is. That's where we are shining. That's where we need to focus the energy on Leo and the North Node and the sun. Now, today, the 28th, the sun exactly conjunct the North Node at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So that was not very long ago. And that is a very lovely aspect. Um, it's very potent. It's since it's the eclipse, but it's sort of the, it's the sweetness after the eclipse. It's when we feel like we had a real departure from all the stress and the strife. And we can actually say, we feel like we acknowledged where the, the good energy is going to and the good energy is coming, coming to. And the, 
Sun is in Leo, the North Node in Leo, and Mercury, the planet of communication, is in Leo. And this is excellent because Leo is where the sun belongs. And I have been telling people all week to trust love and to open their hearts because that's what you have to do when planets go into Leo. It's, it's sort of the demand of the time. And when the North Node and the sun are in Leo, we really do need to have an open heart um, and forgive people and forgive ourselves and allow ourselves to be open to whatever's coming next because there is a good thing coming next. So we let go of the old, we join the new, and we move forward in a very positive way. Um, here in Costa Rica, where I live, we had an earthquake. <laughs> so I always say that when Uranus is involved in an aspect, it's going to be something that you don't expect and something that comes out of nowhere. And you can sit down and we can make a list of a thousand things that's going to happen when Mars squares Uranus. But what we don't realize is the one thing that's going to actually happen because this is Uranus. This is the nature of Uranus. And when it gets together with Mars, it's particularly unpredictable, especially since Mars is an Aquarius, which is what Uranus rules. So that's the sign Uranus rules. So with Mars squaring Uranus and getting triggered by the eclipse, there's a, uh, there's things that we are not aware of that are going to happen. And sure enough, here we had an earthquake. We actually had two earthquakes. We had one at 9.30 in the morning, which was a 3.9. And I didn't feel it so much as I like saw things like falling or heard things like rattling a little bit and thinking, oh, that's just, you know, the wind or whatever. And then at about 10 minutes to 12, the 4.6 earthquake came and I was sitting here doing my work and the whole house shook. <laughs> and fortunately it didn't last very long. And, you know, it is, it is a little disruptive. I mean, it's actually quite disruptive. I mean, thankfully it was just a tremor and there wasn't anything massive. Things weren't falling off shelves. Nothing broke. The ceiling didn't come in. We didn't have to hit the floor. It was just, you know, a real tremor. And, you know, I watched things shake and doors shake and, and stuff. And it's like, wow, this is really happening. And <laughs> Uranus is in Taurus. So Uranus is the planet of like surprises and, and earthquakes and Taurus is an earth sign. So, so here we are. We got, we got an earthquake here and we got two earthquakes. And I feel like um, that was, that was uh, powerful energy that's among us right now. And I really do believe that the energy is extremely powerful right now. So we can do anything. We can manifest anything. We can make something happen. We, we just need to work through what's, you know, what's going on for ourselves. I find that the more emotional healing work you do, the more you're going to be able to handle these energies, the more you're going to be able to work through whatever it is that the eclipse is presenting to you. And it's not always easy. It's not always fun, but you can work through and look at uh, your life in a different way. If you're working with someone or you're doing some deep emotional healing work or meditation, 
I hear a lot of things about Vedic astrologers, and I am not a Vedic astrologer, but uh, from what I understand, Vedic astrologers feel that on days like eclipses, you should just stay home and meditate and do a ritual and sort of focus on the energy that's there for you and where it's going to take you and how it's going to um, sort of bring you to a new place. And I guess they consider them to be malefic in some respects. Sometimes, um, you know, eclipses are very good and they can clear the decks for the old and they prepare you for new things. So many people um, did rituals. I know we did a ritual here a friend and I did a ritual here and we smudged with sage and we uh, lit candles and for each chakra and we, we did a ritual and a thankfulness and a gratefulness and gratitude for where we are and what we've accomplished and what we've achieved. And we did a clearing of all the old patterns that we didn't want to retain anymore. So we wrote down all of the stuff that we expected to clear and all of the junk that we emotionally did not want to carry around anymore, all the emotional baggage. And we lit candles and we lit a little fire in a, in a cauldron or small or pot, a small pot. And we put things, all our, all our wishes to be gone into the fire and Et voila, we just, we let it all go. So it's really important to be able to release things on aspects like this. And it's really good to take notice and do a ritual because it really helps sort of move the energy. I know particularly in the morning, I mean, the eclipse was particularly affecting my chart and I felt very, very over-energized in the morning. So I really felt the energy was, was surging and... I really felt like I had a lot going on, a lot of energy going on. So that was part of it. Um, so it was an exciting day. It was an exciting day. Now the moon is still in Aquarius on the 28th. It squared Jupiter this morning. And Jupiter is the planet of abundance. And it's in Scorpio. And we had a very nice, you know, square to Jupiter this morning. So, you know, we kept, we kept moving forward. Tomorrow... Sunday the 29th, is um, a, a busy day for the moon and for Venus because Venus is going to be uh, approaching the nodes. Um, Venus is in Virgo, and it's in an interesting aspect. It's in a uh, semi-square to the north node, and that gives us you know, a lot of creativity, a lot of movement in relationships, a lot of thoughtfulness in relationships. And the note is in Leo. And with Venus next door in Virgo, they're not particularly comfortable aspects, but they needle us a little bit, but they make us act and, and move forward. Um, the moon's going to be opposite Mercury tomorrow. So that's actually, you know, Mercury's retrograde. Mercury's been retrograde since Thursday. And this has been an interesting ride with Mercury retrograde. So the moon is going to be really opposite Mercury. And that's going to be the last aspect it makes tomorrow, Sunday at 5.25 a.m. Eastern time before it goes void. So the moon is going to be void tomorrow, all day in Aquarius. And that's going to go till 7.30 tomorrow night in Eastern time zone, 
when it goes into Pisces. So all day void moon on a Sunday after an eclipse, good day to rest, hang out, don't do anything strenuous. Take care of yourself. Read a good book. Do some paperwork. Do something that's, um, you know, catching up on things and really feel like you are uh, or sort of recovering from the eclipse. Take a nap. <laughs> we are still in the eclipse period. We are still very much in the eclipse period. The sun you know, is in Leo and we have another eclipse on August 11th, which is two weeks from now. And that's a solar eclipse in Leo and I expect that to be very energetic and good. Um, it has a little bit of a pinch from Saturn, but at that point, I think that we're going to be eclipsed out. <laughs> and we are very much uh, just still in the phase of the eclipse from Friday where, you know, you'll still feel it for these days. It's, it's good that it was a Friday so that on weekends we can just sort of rest and connect and be, um, be aware of where the eclipse is taking us. So it's actually very good. On Monday, the 30th, um, Venus and the sun are going to be in the same semi-square aspect. It's just that the sun is going to be at seven degrees of Leo and Venus will be at 22 Virgo. And there'll be, again, it's a little bit of a discomfort, but it's okay because it's really, really a, uh, a just sort of an adjustment. Um, Sun Venus is very good. They talk to each other. It's a little bit of an adjustment, maybe in our friendships and relationships and stuff. The moon will also trine Jupiter on Monday, and that's a very nice aspect. And once again, we're going to have this lovely grand trine in the sky where the moon is trying Jupiter, and then it's going to be trining Neptune. And this is going to go on for a while where you know Jupiter and Neptune are still very much connected to each other because they are working with each other um, in, in water signs. So Neptune's in Pisces and Jupiter's in Scorpio. And Jupiter is going to get the trine from the moon and Neptune is going to get the conjunction from the moon. So we've got a nice trine going on there and very lovely aspects on and that trine to Neptune is going to be very early on Tuesday morning. So enjoy the water sign aspects, enjoy the smoothness and the flowing of how, you know, your emotions might be. And it's a good calming time after the eclipse. I liked what happened before the eclipse last time, a few weeks ago, we had the grand trine of the sun and, and cancer and the eclipse and you know energy was happening but this was this was the week before the eclipse and it was actually very smooth and nice to have the sun trining jupiter and neptune in um from cancer and i thought that was a good setup before the eclipse now here's the aftermath where the moon is going to go in and make these nice aspects and sort of smooth things over so i like that the moon will also oppose venus on tuesday and that's also a very creative and friendship-oriented time. So I think it's going to be a relatively quiet week. You know, it's not going to be a rocking eclipse 
in the middle of, you know, your week again, it's going to be a time to just sort of, you know, where we peaked on Friday and then we go back down into the Valley and then we'll peak up again on the 11th of August. And I can't believe August starts this week. So this is it for those of you in the Northern hemisphere, summer is winding down. It's that last full month of summer. Um, before we go into September and we start thinking about other things. But the August 1st chart looks pretty good. There's, a, again, a lot of creativity. The sun is going to buy quintile Saturn, and that's good for making commitments. That's good for working with people. It's, it's a motivational aspect. It's a creative aspect. The moon is going to quintile Pluto that day. And this is all deep creativity. So I like this. There's a structure to it because Saturn is involved with the sun by quintile Saturn. And I like that there's going to be this movement and yet there's also going to be a lot of creativity that sticks. You know, it's like you can start something, but you really want it to be able to stick. So you have to be able to do, you know, work with, work with, you know, a committed timeline. Also on August 1st, Mars is going to square Uranus. Now this is really important. It's not till 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, but you'll feel it. You we're feeling it already. Like I said, it was part of the eclipse. So this is the exact aspect on the 1st, which is Wednesday. And what you're going to do is you're going to notice that there's something about uh, work you've been doing or situations you've been dealing with that came up in mid-May. So what happened in mid-May is, you know, Uranus went into Taurus on like the 14th or the 15th of May. And then Mars immediately went into Aquarius like a few hours later and they squared each other. So they were getting close to a square and then they became exact on the 16th of May. If you can think back to what was going on in the 16th of May, you may get some answers about what's going to happen this week or what a lot of this is about. This is something where Mars and Uranus are very much, you know, of, they can be a volatile energy, but they are a very progressive energy. They're uh, making us think outside the box. They get us motivated. They get us moving. They get us into uh, a create a very creative space, but they can be volatile. So, you know, as I experienced an earthquake yesterday, um, <laughs> I, I want to say that I'm hoping there aren't any more earthquakes here, but um, I think that the energy that we experienced back in mid-May and we sort of launched something or we had an idea or we got information about something, that's going to continue. We may see a new chapter of that this week. Now, because Mars is retrograde, Mars made that aspect back in May. And then when it traveled, started traveling backwards as of June 26th, it's coming back to greet Uranus again. And they're both in fixed signs, Mars being in Aquarius and Uranus being in Taurus. And this exact aspect is something, if you have it in your chart, you know what it's like to live with. It's a little hot under the collar, but it's also about breakthroughs. And I think it's really important to see this energy and use it to break through. Everybody needs a breakthrough at one point or another in our lives. And obviously when this kind of energy comes up and it's going to come up again later when we get into uh, the autumn or the early part of September, we're going to see this energy come back up again. So we're going to have three times Mars square Uranus 
it's a story. Think about what happened. Think about where you want to break through and how you want to have a breakthrough. And the breakthrough can come this week. So get excited about it. Don't think of Mars Uranus as a troublesome aspect because you can use the energy however you wish. And it's mind over matter. Stay focused. Don't let yourself get scattered. Don't let yourself get overwhelmed. And please be careful, you know, with the energy. It just slow down, focus, and take it easy. Because Mars Uranus, it's a little like I said, it's volatile. You don't want to lose your temper. You don't want to have an accident or something. Like people can have accidents in their home or something like that. Uh it's not necessarily likely, but if you're prone to that, you just have to be careful. Just pay attention what happened in mid-May or if you have it in your chart. So I like the energy because it's refreshing. It's a wake up. It's, it's excitement. It's a breakthrough. And if your life feels stale, if your life feels like it's going nowhere, if your life feels like you've not had any real satisfaction lately, this is the week to just try to break through something. This is the week to try something new. Uranus loves new things. Thinking outside the box, trying something brand new. This is one of the best things you can do with this energy is, you know, shift something in your life. Even if you have to rearrange your furniture in your house, we want a different perspective. Even if you need to like change all your furniture, change all your curtains, do something, shift around the furniture so that it looks different. But it might be really important for you to connect with the energy in a way that you are not expecting, of course, because once again, we're dealing with unexpected Uranus. Um, so it, just shift it, you know, take control over it because I think people get frightened when they hear aspects like this and that's not my job. I want you to feel comfortable with it. So if you take control over your aspects that are happening in the sky, you can make use of them. Don't think that you're sitting here waiting for something to happen, for the other shoe to drop. Take action. Do something that's going to shift your energy so it's not stale, so it's not clogged up. And that's what Uranus and Mars like to do. Shake us out of our old patterns. Shake us up so that we can feel refreshed, that we get a little bit of cold water in our face, that we can like stand in a cool shower after it's been humid and hot, that we can you know, see a different perspective or a different way of doing things. So that's, that's the good news. Um, that is on Wednesday the 1st. And that energy stays for a little while. Uh, Mars is moving very slowly because it is retrograde. So you'll probably feel a lot of that this week. On Thursday the 2nd, the sun makes a biquintile to Neptune. And that's really psychic. And it's really, it's really creative. It's very spiritual. So maybe some of the ways that you want to get through this week is by being very spiritual or connecting with spirit in some way, however you choose to connect with spirit. It's actually quite powerful. Um, quintiles are aspects that relate to sacred geometry. So whenever I see a biquintile, I know that there is something more profound going on. Um, it's part of nature. It's connecting with nature in some way. And certainly the sun and Neptune could really influence you to go out and spend some time in nature. I think that's a really great idea. 
then the same day we've got a moon square Pluto and Pluto in the moon, you know, that's a little bit powerful and intense. So, you know, use the energy wisely, use the energy to get like dig in deep and get connected to what could potentially be um, a good transformational moment for you. Uh, then we have August 3rd, which is Friday, and Venus is busy again. Venus is uh, making a biquintile to Uranus. Exciting. And this is maybe a little bit of foreshadowing because Venus is going to be talking to Uranus a lot in the autumn when she retrogrades. But Mars, you know, is going to be sextiling Chiron as well. So there's something about healing here, healing wounds, healing, connecting with what, where we feel wounded and how we can heal it. So Venus, Mars, very busy. And then Mercury makes a tradicile to Uranus as well. So Venus and Mercury are doing things that are sacred geometry oriented to Uranus. And so they're responding to the patterns of nature. They're, they're moving with the patterns of nature and they're connecting with uh, sort of that mathematical, uh, brilliant way of connecting with nature. So go out in nature, do something fun, do something different, think outside the box. And that's just about it. You're going to have a quieter week, even though there's a Mars Uranus, it may have something more to tell you about the eclipse. It may have a lot more to tell you about May 16th or mid-May or what was going on for you in mid-May. It's time to like take the next step in the action that you started in mid-May and uh, move that energy along. So it's pretty exciting. So I'm Deb McBride. My website is debmcbride.com. If you have any interest in an astrology session, I'm available. Just email me, deb at debmcbride.com. I also do small videos and uh, small posts on Instagram about the astrology and the astrology of the moment and how we're doing and some interesting information that you can look to. I'm also on Twitter. Both of those, Twitter and Instagram, are at Deb Astrology. And I write a blog on my website. So you are invited to look at my website and read and learn and experience all methods of astrology. Um, so good night. Have a pleasant week. And uh, if you have any questions about the eclipse or you want a reading, or if you have any comments, please feel free to contact me. Thanks so much.